This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. Wow. Let's read this morning. We've been talking about the anointing. Right? The anointing of the Lord. Something is happening to you. When an anointed word is being spoken, there is an anointing coming over the people. Remember, maybe that's where we get to next week. (laughs) There are levels. It can become growth overflowing level. Aprons were taken from Paul. The woman with the issue of blood taught the garment of Jesus. And Jesus said, virtue has gone out of me. So a man can be so loaded with virtue that the virtue can enter his clothes. Maybe next week I will show you where God told Paul to, told Moses, sorry, to anoint the altar. So the anointing is not only for living things. I don't know why clothes in particular can suck in the anointing. I don't know wood. I don't know plastic. Are you getting what I'm saying? But Paul, uh, Moses was told to anoint the altar. Jacob anointed the altar where he had an encounter with God. Can your house be anointed? Can your car be anointed? Can there be the overflowing measure of the anointing that when people sit close to you, something happens to them as well? But what we've been dealing with, we started first service. Can the anointing be so strong on you that the impact of it is felt by the people who partake of what you do. So David was playing and the Bible said the evil spirit in Saul left. We read that in a while. Have your seat. God bless you. Thank you. Hallelujah. I've not kept you standing for too long, right? (laughs) So my guilt today hasn't been that much. (laughs) Glory to God. Aish. In First King 19, First King 19, 15, I want to read, first service was speaking about the fact that there are the specific people or can be anointed for different reasons. So there were specific individuals in Old Testament anointed for different reasons. First, we read about Bezalel, Exodus 30 of 31, that he was anointed to design the temple. Then we read Isaiah 45 about Cyrus anointed to conquer nations so there can be a subduing kind of anointing that when it's upon a man it subdues all other things see for supernatural physical strength that looks like uh, uh, there's an anointing for sportsmen hallelujah so if you're a boxer Somebody said that. Is this scripture for a Christian to be? There's nothing wrong. If I is one of the most spiritual thoughts. Because in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Apostle Paul said that I am not fighting as the one beating the head. That's boxing. If you use new KJV or maybe the message, I'm not shadow boxing. That was what Paul said. Hallelujah. Only two sports I mentioned in the Bible boxing and running. Yes. He said, So I run, not as uncertain. 
And there are a few jobs described in the Bible also. If you are into agriculture in any way, beautiful. There are too many scriptures backing you up. Whether planting or animal husbandry or whatever, there are scriptures supporting you. <laughs> well, there is no engineering direct in the Bible, but it's there. So if you are an engineer, <laughs> medicine is there. Luke was a doctor. And Luke wrote the book of Luke, and Luke wrote Out of Apostle. It was Paul, it was a doctor that was always following Paul around. That tells you that there is nothing wrong with medicine. All right? It does not exactly mean lack of faith. However, you can trust God that you will not need it. But that a man is taking medication does not mean does not have faith. Sometimes it can be for a period before your faith will even come alive. So that you don't die before your faith. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you, are you with me? Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Anyway, your food in itself is a form of medication. So if you don't take drugs... I don't have anyone that I'm taking in particular. I'm just saying that. Maybe I stay by time to see. And because it's sweet. <laughs> Amen. But I'm just saying. <laughs> Hallelujah. That didn't mean that in the past I've not taken a few here and there. But I'm, I've always sought for a time when nothing. And I thank God. At least it's, it's better for me. Uh, so are you with me? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Is somebody now let's read this place and the Lord said to him so remember where we are coming from that means regardless of what you do the anointing is the spirit of God coming upon a man I think we spoke about that one we will go back to first uh, John 2 27 where the Bible said that the anointing you have received that every Christian has an anointing inside you but we are talking more of the anointing upon, not the one inside. So every time God wanted to do something special with a man, no testament, he had this uh, tradition of anointing them. Because the spirit of God has to come upon a person to be able to produce beyond an ordinary person. It has to be by the spirit. So when Saul was uh, made king, Samuel poured oil and others for Samuel thing. And the Bible said the spirit of God came upon Saul. But he lost it. So people can lose the anointing. These are different topics we'll talk about. But both last week and this week, I'm still just talking about generally around the anointing. Not yet being specific. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. So, for Samuel 16, before we go back to this one, 1 Samuel 16. So, verse 13 establishes the fact that when they pour oil, please pay attention to that, that the process of causing the anointing to come upon somebody in the old covenant, God will send a person to pour oil on that person. Now, if an anointed vessel pour, if not, that was old covenant, under the old covenant, if an anointed prophet poured oil on you, the anointing would come upon you as an individual. So, something about the oil. Ordinary person couldn't just pour oil on someone to say, I'm anointing you, no old covenant. That might not amount to, that wouldn't have become anything. But there were vessels in God's hand, like Samuel the prophet, like Moses, 
God told Moses to anoint Aaron and he anointed Aaron. God told Moses to anoint Aaron's children and he anointed because Aaron was about to stand in an office. But you will quickly observe that nobody poured oil on Moses. God was beginning to try to teach them something. Old Testament people depended so much on what could be seen physically. But Moses was a man who could stay with God 40 days on the mountain. In between, he demonstrated a higher dimension that was yet not open to the men of Old Covenant, but that is open to now. We will get to that later. Moses ahead of time. Moses did some things, a few things beyond the syllabus of his generation. Like David also. David won by faith. He had the meal that nobody was supposed to accept the priest. And Jesus quoted that to say that, look, forget about Sabbath. So David was the first person. So some men, no testament, did over syllabus. God allowed them to step into a higher syllabus, but not for a long time. Then they came back to the syllabus for their generation, a portion for their time. So Moses wanted to show a higher dimension. When Moses was going to hand over to Joshua in Deuteronomy chapter 34, he did not pour oil on Joshua. The Bible says, Hi, yeah. <laughs> hey, what happens when you lay your hands on something? This is what I want to begin to explain. See, what is given to New Testament Christians? A lot of believers don't know what to are given. That when you take your document in your hand, Christians still anoint document. Well, it's not wrong. I'm not saying but you don't understand what has taken place. You are demonstrating a lesser faith. So I can come to your house. I've done it in a few houses here. Those who bought houses, who invited come and pray over, I can pour oil and pray over the house. But there is a higher dimension. I can just stand in your house and pray. But you know what? The Bible says, wherever the soul of your feet if you stand in the name of Jesus Christ and you remove your leg, physically you might not see anything. There is a deposit of the Spirit. You just need to be a man or a woman who is conscious of the anointing. So Moses anointed uh, Aaron, anointed Aaron's sons. But when he wanted to hand over to Joshua, he just said, come. There's no need for oil. The Bible said Joshua was full of the spirit of wisdom because Moses has laid hand on him. Are you with me? Yes, sir. When so that first first Samuel 16 13. So what came on David when they pour oil on it was the spirit of God, right? That's what the Bible says. Samuel took a horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren, and the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day. Once you are born again, the spirit within comes, but the spirit upon uh has his own time it comes on you when you are specifically anointed for a peculiar a particular assignment did you get that that's what the bible said that from that day onward remember he had composed some psalms before that day who helped him to compose those psalms the spirit within but not the spirit upon are you getting what i'm saying praise the lord but for signs and wonders the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Beyond the anointing, we see the Holy Spirit. But there is a tap of oil inside that is there from the tap of oil on your head. Hey. Are we together? 
Praise the Lord. That's what I want to begin to look at. I, I will touch on it a little bit. So, the Bible said the Spirit of God came. But let's read that Deuteronomy 34. Deuteronomy 34. Verse, around verse 7 or 8 or so or where. The Bible said that and Joshua was full of wisdom because Moses had laid... What, what verse? Verse 9. And Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of spirit of wisdom. For Moses... Now, when Samuel poured oil on David, what came upon David? The Bible says, from that day, the spirit of God. Now, when Moses lay hands on Joshua, what came on Joshua? The same spirit, but in form of wisdom, spirit. So, for David, it was oil. After the oil landed on his head. For Joshua, it was hand. But the effect of both the hand and the oil, the spirit. Mm. Verse 14 of that first, first, first Samuel 16. The Lord come attention to something, of course, just to minister with you first and it might still be. But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. He lost the anointing. That was why David, when he was crying, when Saul died, he said Saul died like a man not anointed. He was anointed, but along the line, the spirit of God departed. And then the Bible says, an evil spirit. This is what is dangerous about the anointing. Any anointed vessel of the Lord, once you are moved to a certain realm, that's what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 6, that it is impossible for those who are enlightened, who have tasted the good word of God, who have been made partakers of the Holy Ghost, who have tasted the power of the age to come. The Bible says if they fall, the Bible did not say that about spiritual babies. Look at the qualification and the credentials of the, those kind of people. Hebrews 6. The Bible said that they must be enlightened. Those who are once enlightened. <laughs> Illuminati. I've tasted the heavenly gifts. So there's a dimension of power at work in these people's life. This is not talking about baby Christian. And I've tasted the heavenly gifts and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost. What is mean of partakers of the Holy Ghost? They have become one. Gosh. It's amazing how much power God has allotted to man. Of the Holy Ghost. Peter stood and he said to Ananias, You are not to a man, but to God. But who did Ananias lie to? He lied to Peter. Peter said, Did you sell the land for much? He said, For much. And Peter said, that, You know, you didn't lie to man. You were not talking to me. You were talking to a partaker of the Holy Ghost. And the guy fell down and died straight away. Can a believer rise to this? In fact, Peter was a man. And he was not a perfect man. He went in and out. But the anointing can rise to a point where you are operating at this frequency. Partaker at that level. Anything you say will become like what God is saying. That was what happened to Elisha the prophet. If you read very well, there was nowhere where the word of the Lord came to him. But you see, he has been upgraded to a level. When he said that about this time tomorrow, for Second Kings chapter 7, a measure of which shall be sold for a shekel, and two measures at the gate of Samaria. See, this is a level where God does not keep you forever. We'll talk about this more when we talk about dimensions of the anointing. Because if you are kept at that level forever, your flesh can't carry it. The glory of the Lord is so strong. When it manifests in a strong way, your flesh will feel it. And if you take too much of it, the pain will be unbearable. 
the flesh loses against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. There is a measure your flesh can take. Besides, so one day I was watching Benin and you can tell, I've been at his meeting physically before and I'm planning to be one again very soon. You can tell when the anointing comes on him. Now, he began to teach, you know, there are people who have become like uh, authorities in this regard. He was saying that, he was talking and he said, he was doing a teaching. And he said that right now I'm teaching with the anointing within. There's no anointing upon me. He said in the next 20 minutes or thereabouts, the anointing will come upon me. And he said, when it happens, all of you will know. And of course, we all knew. As if the face became white, the ear will almost stand. You could tell that like electricity shock. And at that time, everybody on the stage with him and everything. Because he said to him, he said, I prayed. He said, very soon I'll begin to minister about the anointing. He said, when I, when it is, I have to wait for it. He said, and I know in about 20 minutes. He said, but for now, I'm teaching with the anointing within. But the anointing upon will come. That one God switches it on and off. Because it cannot be on you for too long. He said, otherwise, you look at your wife and she falls under the anointing. You look at your son and say, Daddy, <laughs> they fall. <laughs> and, uh, so you, you sit there alone in the city room. <laughs> your cousins are on the floor. Even your parents, everybody. So, so you are the only one sitting down. So he can't keep it on you for long. Then because you talk, you interact with people, it cannot be on you for long. Because at that level, when you say to somebody, are you alright? You are not okay. It might not be okay for the rest of his life. That's what the Bible says. Do not say before the angel of the Lord that it was an error. They won't count it as a mistake. You have spoken from the place of power and it is irreversible. So this is why the law makes sure that when a meeting is supercharged and you are very serious, the anointing comes on you. I felt a major, but as soon as you come down from the stage, it goes. That's why I usually say that sometimes when you call people out and they don't respond, they come to meet you in the office, sometimes we can't help you anymore. It has lifted. Faith can do anything that you see, but the, the part of the anointing is that when the only ghost is when the anointing is mightily present, things are sobbed immediately. It will be hard to be confessing standing up from wheelchair. You can, but a lot of doubt will stand against your faith. But where the anointing is very heavy, stand up means stand up. You can just stand up. This is why people don't understand some doubt miracle. You don't go about doing miracles every. I mean. It, I don't mind. Unbelievers can see anything. They don't know the Bible. They don't have the spirit. When I hear stupid statements from Christians, say all those pastors who claim they eat this, why don't you just go to the street? Why didn't Jesus just go everywhere? When they go to the pool of Bethsaida, there were multitudes. They only healed one man. You can only do what God is doing. No matter the crowd that we gather, you will sense by the spirit. You cannot operate beyond what you are giving. It is God that heals. He alerts you what he's doing in the congregation. You are not the initiator of it. Jesus healed that woman and disappeared. The day the woman with the issue of blood touched Jesus, there were multitudes touching him. Only one person received something. Where are there were days in the Bible when Jesus, the Bible said he healed them all. So there were other days where everybody got healed. And there were days only some got healed. And they got to a place where he was born. And they were looking at him. That day, people don't understand until you read it very well. The Bible did not say that he didn't do much miracle. The Bible didn't say that he wouldn't do much miracle. The Bible said that he couldn't. 
It couldn't mean that he attempted and nothing worked. He said somebody that see, that one didn't see. And the Bible said he marveled at their unbelief. He shocked him. He had done miracles everywhere. And in his own town, he would lay hands on somebody and then, because they were full of unbelief. And it said Jesus was shocked at their unbelief. And then he began to teach. Because the answer to unbelief is the teaching of God's word. When you are trying to exercise space for something and your mind is telling you that your faith can't carry it. See, this mind can be an enemy at times. Your spirit can believe anything, but your mind will be afraid. Are you really sure? You better have plan B. You better have... How to shut down your mind is to educate your mind in the word of God. Bombard this mind with a mercy on the mind. Do it. It can be done. Because the mind is programmed. Many times negatively. To suspect people to doubt God and believe the words of every, the most terrible thing about everything. That's the way all minds work. Except the mind that the spirit of God has worked upon. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Are you hearing me? Partakers of the Holy Ghost. So Elisha just said about this time tomorrow. A measure of wheat. And the Bible didn't say God spoke to him. He said it from the place of a prophet. There was a stirring of his spirit. Because the sword was coming for his head. Prophecy came out quickly. These are realities. Why? Elisha was anointed. We are wanted to read at the beginning. And that might be where we end today. That first King 19. That verse 15. Let's read. So when Elijah went to complain on the mountain, he said, they killed all your prophets, they thrown down all your altars. And God said, you know, I was watching a woman. Ah, don't come here. She came on Facebook. Don't come here, Christian again. There's no Christian anymore. The name Christian is in Palestine. No Christian again. People just make, you know, I don't even respond to such people. There are millions of Christians all over the world who will not compromise their faith, who serve God genuinely. They are pure. They are not fornicators. They don't, um, they don't, they, they live right and follow Jesus. You will see on that day. So when people because of some bad people here and they start talking, all, all the pastors, all everybody, well, the foundation of God standing sure, having the zeal, the Lord knows those who are his. I'm glad the Lord knows. And he does not need any man to tell him that, see, this one is yours, this one is not yours. The Lord knows. I to read. And some people will say, ah, madam, is true. I, they, they are Christians. I just said, ah. She has never read the word. For all like I don't know her, and I'm not talking about her, but when people talk like that at times, when you find out the story behind it, they are the real culprits. Somebody goes to, I know a person when you are, who decided to start speaking against the God. Christians are this, are like this. They are not loving. Because he asked out a lady, and the lady said no. That was the origin of his problem. You don't know some people. Amen. I have seen somebody that was not made a deacon van. He felt that with the level of service he offered, and the next thing he went to social media and started talking. Now, church, church, nowadays, the spirit of God has departed from the church. It has departed from your life, not from church. Because in our church, the Holy Ghost, hey, glory to God. You make statements because you are angry. Don't you know that men will always offend you? Who they, is there anybody here that nobody has offended before? If you are here, and no Christian has offended you. Can I see your hand? I would have told you that you have not started your race. <laughs> Jesus said it is impossible for offense not to come. 
Yes. No matter how loving you are as a father, kids, you are, they will annoy you at times. You just have to forgive and keep going. Church is the only people that people don't want to forgive. Amen. Has your husband offended you before? You have not been married for up to five years. Of course, I joined you now. I was at the wedding. And he has offended you. Many times. She said many times. <laughs> Where is one there? <laughs> it's the protocol guy that follows me. That's the husband. She said, the way she said many. <laughs> that means your sins are many. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you, are you following me? <laughs> you just keep walking in love. Ah. Oh. So he began to say that Elijah, I call that Elijah syndrome. He said, they've killed all your prophets. They've thrown down your altar. He said, sir, I am the only one left. And God said that you don't know the almighty God. You can't be the only one. When he first started complaining, the first thing God did was to ask an angel to give him food. Because hunger was part of his problem. He ate and God said, I eat again. The angel tapped and said, Elijah. And he saw a jar of oil, he saw a jar of water and a cake, baked cake. How many caterers are here? It, it's amazing. You can receive angelic dimension of baking. Where your cake enters town. Elisha ate the cake and for 40 days he climbed the mountain. Then just said, God is complaining. God said, I is complaining. First of all, feed him. Let, let's, let's remove hunger. <laughs> then we can talk about his real problem. And he said, Lord, they've killed all your prophets. I'm the only one. Ah. And God said, well, I know they've done a lot of bad things. And that's why my answer to people. He said, but Elijah, I have 7,000. Oh, Jesus. 7,000. He said, in that Israel, where you think you are the only one, there are 7,000 others that my anointing can come upon and they will replace you. You know what I've, I found out from there? As a pastor, every time I pray for the mercy of God and I pray for a humble heart, it means that in football, you can substitute. And they've increased it to five now. Three or five. In God, I am one man preaching to HOD people. But there are 7,000 at least on reserve bench. So should I misbehave and think that I'm bigger than everybody because I'm the pastor? 7,000 replacements. Oh God. God is awesome. And it applies to every one of us. Whatever role you play. Some of the standards we have set in the church that if you are in the choir, you are not, you don't join to pray, you cannot sing in the choir. We've had instrumentalists before who didn't like that and left. Has it shown? The time some, a particular, I don't want to, I don't put anybody on, so a particular, is, is, if somebody played a particular instrument, left one time. God did not only make a replacement. Two people came who could play better than him. One day he came for service again and he sat at it. But when he saw the new people playing, he just by himself, he, he couldn't apply. He couldn't come near the instrument again. Except it's not God. I told you last week, the anointing he gave to Lucifer is called Minshak anointing. That's what the Bible said that thou art the anointed cherub. He's, he's still anointed. The Bible did not say that that was the anointed. He is still anointed, but God is not collecting it back from him. God just sent his son with higher anointing. <laughs> so Jesus Christ 
is called Christ, the anointed one. In other words, all other anointings, this one rubbishes them. He is Christ and is the one that lives in us. Our own is original. Glory to God. Are you with me? Yes. Was it the guy that founded Las Vegas that said that an angel, my money or whatever appeared to him and told him about casino and the rest and the place is growing? Then it's an anointing from Satan. Many of you have seen it in business people here. I grew up in a people will bury something behind your shop, their shop, and crowd will go there. I have seen places where before you, they, you buy food, no man, you are forced to, I'm not saying, please. I don't want anybody to come and say that anywhere people gather to buy food. No. Some, some people are good. But some people are also good. <laughs> you, you understand? <laughs> so there is, in a particular city, while growing up, I don't measure the city. The shop was so that she will insult people, but they will kill. When you see something, they will kill. And one day the market got burnt. And when they, it happened overnight, people were calling, calling. There was no GSM then. They were just knocking doors and telling people that uh, the market. Just the husband that said, "Yeah, yeah, let's 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 go." So they ran. Thank you. She didn't pick anything from that place. She only picked a mirror from the back of somewhere and told the husband, let's go. So the husband was trying to pack some, to save some things. She just said, dear, let's go. And the man noticed that she only picked a mirror. A mirror. Few days after that, she was not at home. The guy found the place where she cared not pull out the mirror and open it like this. And their daughter that died a few years before came and when he mentioned the name of daughter, money poured out physically. True life story. According marriage and David. So the man understood the reason behind her wealth. Because she was much more wealthier than the husband. And also when she came, she wrote the man that, okay, your eyes have seen what you should not see. Mention it to somebody and you will follow that baby, that daughter. Because the man became afraid. Yeah. Hallelujah. I learned of somebody also in a particular so she was the, one of the best in making weaving plating and weaving hairs. Women here. I know one or two might have heard the same story. Yeah, they told me the story also. And she was always telling people that while making your hair, you must not look at mirror. Until she said, until I'm true, you cannot look at the mirror. So there was a, you know, somebody will always disobey. <laughs> thank, God, thank God for some stubborn people. <laughs> so, so the other she was making someone and that one brought him. That one was like she said in her heart that she's been saying we should not look at. So I'm going to bring that. So she brought a mirror halfway and just pull it up. She just saw many hands making the hair. Not really the woman, dark hands. And they're making the hair. She, 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 she froze. <laughs> you see. There are things that I can say that you start watching where you buy food from. <laughs> Just understand that. See, our faith is this. Jesus didn't call us to be suspecting people. Because the clothes you are wearing, you don't even know where it is from. And it's not limited to Africa. One of the best designers, I don't want to mention his name, Traveled to Egypt or so, got the image of the Queen Cleopatra, one of the Asian queen, which they were worshiping, or Dana, where they were worshiping, and brought it to a shop in America. 
Some of you are wearing the, the same design now, and every, all over the world, it just went. Because there is the Mimshak anointing on Satan. So God started speaking. <laughs> How did we get here, Seth? <laughs> See, <laughs> don't suspect next time you are going to make your hair. <laughs> and start looking at me wrong. <laughs> anyway, it wasn't even in Lagos, so. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> are you with me? <laughs> first you see just believe that you are satisfied and that there's no problem if you have to eat anywhere eat and eat yourself just eat and don't bother yourself by anything how many people can you suspect those are the the common ritual they are more sophisticated operations those who practice spiritism don't use objects they sit down in one corner corner they travel in the spirit and perfect what they want to do and come back so it's African jazz that is always in one physical thing and is the smallest. After all, where were, where, were, where were all their charms when British Empire invaded Bini Empire and carried the idols away? Even the idol followed them going play. It'd it, be like the idols say, I won't travel out. <laughs> that, that's the, that is what bothers me. What's the book come on Facebook? I said that uh, very soon we return to Christianity, brought this other. Uh, that there was uh, people. Up. Where were they? This book came with guns. Conquer all the gods. Conquer everybody. And the gods follow them. And there are a lot of things stolen from Nigeria are in their museum now. And those spirits are not killing the people in the museum. Not. It's as if this God serve. This must be They select who they kill. So maybe they are enjoying the place. It's painful that they took what belonged to people. There's no justification for that. I'm just saying that those who have their faith in God should ask that question. That why didn't the gods defend the people when they were being taken away? That's the question. You know, somebody can easily say, hey, is it just? I'm not justifying anything. I am just asking a question. It's not right that they took what belongs to some other people. I'm just saying, if you are a Christian, I'm talking to Christ, and your faith is still in all this fetish thing that people tie around, always let that question stand before you. That where were those? I mean, some regions in Africa then, they had serious pride in their jazz and their ancient stuff. But where were those things when they were being invaded? Hallelujah. Glory to God. The real powers are not in any physical thing. They are inside. And there is only one name. The anointed one and his anointing. He's the only one that saves. He's the only way. Let me read scripture and end with this. That first Kings 19, 15. Hallelujah. And the Lord said to him, go. So after he finished complaining, God said that Elisha, Elijah, 7,000 that are prepared. Always think about that 7,000. 7,000. 7,000. 7,000. One lady said to me one time, I don't know why I'm keeping myself, Pastor. I'm the only virgin. I said, you are not the only one. You are among wrong friends who are telling you wrong stuff. You know, statement I don't like hearing. Everybody's doing it. There's nothing everybody. People say that will feel safe about the wrong things they are doing. 
Even pastors are cheating on their wives. So are you sure? Is everybody? Everybody is not doing it. There are men, and it's a prayer to be one of such. There are men, many people here who have never, and who will never. Many of them are here listening to me, and many of them are watching. So when somebody begins saying that everybody, everybody, when we were in school, there was a guy that started dating one of our sons. I told the girl that see, wanted her to have sex one, and the girl said no. We don't believe this in our friends. Yeah, do you really know what your leaders are doing? That everybody, are you sure there is one UI student who is not? They say that to bring down your defense. Everybody is not doing it. Some are standing. Hey, today's Nigeria. Are you sure there's nobody? There's nobody that's not corrupt. People made that kind of statement. I was in our Starbucks and NPC when somebody said, I challenged the pastor. I said, Excuse me, sir. I am not corrupt. I don't know of you. I can't be inside the bus and you are saying all of us are corrupt. I am not. I have never collected a dime from anybody. Corrupt. When I was there, when I came in 8:30, I came late to work. I signed 8:30 there. We are not afraid of men. That should guide us to arrive on time than lying. I would rather face the punishment than to start telling lies. You see, I, I, they will sign 7.30. My colleague that behind me wrote 7.30. I just wrote 8.30. And I spoiled the game for the rest coming behind. <laughs> I said, but I, I came 8.30. Just like that. You see, you get to a point. I know the one I will say, the Casey Price taught me my sound ash. This one I must say, my sound ash. Somebody makes food for you. Sister, someone you are planning to date, or even your wife, the food is not sweet. How do you say it? And it comes to, she comes to say, that is the food. <laughs> and you know there will be a looter if you tell the truth. You know what? Just keep quiet. But don't say that it's very sweet. When it is not. I know people will fight me on this one. So what am I supposed to say? Even what about if it's my mom? Just thank her that mommy, thank you for making move. Or find a way to mom, thank you for making this food for me. I appreciate this effort. Thank you, ma. <laughs> but, but some mothers can be stubborn. They say, okay, so did you enjoy? <laughs> Everywhere Casey Price went, he just went to be, be with the Lord last year. He will say that I appreciate the effort, but I did not enjoy it. His wife said that she had one problem with it. it was too blunt. I remember the day he taught on people being too fat. Even me watching from Nigeria, ah, bye bye, yeah. I said, <laughs> and he went on. You know, there are some people like that. They are just this way. I, I'm not saying truth should do, you, you should not talk anyhow in the name of truth. No. You should just find a way to appreciate the person. I think they will get the message. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, uh, did you enjoy the food? Thank you so much. You, you did so well too. <laughs> Except you are speaking by faith. Calling <laughs> the things that be not. <laughs> The way the women are looking at you, if your husband says that he's in trouble for that day, I know. <laughs> he said, return your way. Oh God, how to stop? Go return thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. When thou comest, anoint Azel to be king over Syria. So there is an anointing that makes a man a king. Next verse. 
Jehu the son of Nimshi, thou shalt anoint to be king over Israel. Look at God influencing things. Can the president of a nation be the anointed one? Hopefully we'll get there. I believe what happens is that if there's a right person for the job and there is no, the person is not, not by a prophet necessarily. Satan also can have his own anointed candidates and that one gets there and destroys a nation. And most of African countries have been like that for a while. I believe very solidly that Nigeria will change. But see, I do agree with those who don't believe. I understand them perfectly. Take a newspaper 40 years ago. The same complaint is the same complaint right now. From light to water to insecurity, it has been the same. The only difference is that it's increasing every day. So when people say after 40 years, the climate of a nation will change after 40 years by geography. So when people, so when people say, I've lost hope, I understand. They have hoped and hoped and hoped and hoped and hoped and hoped. And this was on our secondary school. One guy just put it up that if it has not changed, he said, I am 41. He said, if it has, if it has not changed the last 40 years, what is the assurance that it will change in the next 10 years? Of course, the assurance is that with God, all things are possible. Yes. With God, all things are possible. Things that are laid down for you to go through to become president will make, you, make it almost impossible for you to do any good thing when you are there. Except those systems are dealt with, then they produce. There's no tribe, there's nobody, you don't know brilliant people in your tribe. But you see that the odds are always against them. Always. Always. Those who mean well, the odds are always against them. It's always like that. Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Ebemehola, shall thou anoint to be prophet in your room. Verse 17. It shall come to pass that anyone that escaped the sword of Azar, Jehu will slay. If you escape the sword of Jehu, shall Elisha slay. I want to stop here. It means one thing. God was also using words in parable. That with the oil coming upon these individuals, there is a sword given to each one of them. So the Bible says that Elijah, when you get down from this mountain, Jezebel won't kill you again. This is what you should do. There is a guy called Ezel. You must anoint him and he will be king over Syria. Country one. There is a guy called Jehu. You must anoint him and he must be king over Israel. That was Jehu that killed Jezebel. Jezebel painted her face. She thought that her face would mean anything. Jehu looked at her from top of the house. Jezebel looked down said, Jehu, the killer of my husband, killer of your boss, how are you? Jehu said, is there anybody on the Lord's side? And two inos came out. You see, God prepares things ahead of time. Those two Enochs were the two people taking care of the queen. Those days were terrible days. So you will, you will uh, uh, what, uh, castrate a man and then make him take care of a woman. The one that appointed Esther also that gave her things was, was so they were so the king will castrate a man because he must have access to all his wives. So they will castrate the man. So they will call them Enochs. And maybe Jezebel had been anointing you guys for years. But they were in the palace, tomacking it. When Jehu came that day, he stood in his chariot outside and he was facing the palace window. 
And Jezebel looked down and said, oh, uh, Nimshi, Nimshi, said you kill your boss. Just kill the king. Jehu just said that. Is there anybody on the Lord's side there? And so he knocked, looked down and said, oh, yeah, what do you want us to do? He said, throw her down. They didn't sit there. Madam, time up. And then, <laughs> you see, in the morning, those two guys, she, they still say yes, ma'am, to her. When God wants to walk, the plugs that he will pull, they are already there. Everywhere. He knows who to pull. There is no palace, no family, no office, no CEO's office that God has not already sent people ahead of you there. Except it's not the one sending you there. He has sent people ahead. And when your matters are coming up, there are people, there are plugs that the Almighty will pull. Let's rise. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. We thank you, we worship you. We give you praise. I was listening to a particular pastor in a particular city in a nation where all these policies, you know, uh, there shouldn't be this church. And he said that they went through all the necessary approvals. But the people did not want that edifice they called church to be in that place. So after they filled, they said they were going to put and they put the sand and they were pulling it down. And this is where the people were not going to combine their sand. They said they were going to pull it down. And the pastor was called for a meeting. At the end of the meeting, the question was going to what there's nothing we can do. We have to we are just honoring you by informing you formally that in the next one we bulldozer will come that that building cannot be there. He said, as we were talking, one of the guys who was talking also kept doing his eyes someone towards the pastor that I see, see me outside. So he said, he got the signal. And he said, can I ease myself? And he said, so he went to his himself. As soon as he entered the restroom, as he turned, the guy also came. And the guy was of another religion with all the signs. And he said, look, they, just, they, are, just, said, they are just being wicked. He said, there is a weakness in the argument that you are not picking. He said, when you took the approval, you got it right. He said, they are just using the road they just put outside against you. He said, all you need to do. And he, he drew the plan for the pastor. Look at it. He said, this is where your church is. He said, your gate is here. Just tell them that the entrance will not be there. The entrance will be here. He said, that kills all argument. He said, because when you took the approval from government, they gave it to you. But while you were thinking of constructing, maybe government put something at the front. He said, you were the target so that the church will not be built. He said, but you see, they only did this part. Before they talk, he said, just tell that you see the main gate will not be there. It will be here. And he said, just say that. And they came back to the Lord. The guy sat down. And he just told him, I said that, ah. He said, all these arguments, we are planning to put our gate here. So we are not facing what you don't want us to face. People are coming through this place. As if they all said, ah, he got us. And the guy that told him did as if he didn't know anything about it. He too told the rest that he got us, oh. He got us. And they just put their mark of approval on it to stay. And the man didn't talk to the man again. He didn't ask him, not that he wanted the bride, but no, he just decided. The Lord this week has gone ahead of you. Ahead of your family. Whatsoever God has done before you arrive at, in the name of Jesus, anytime you need help, it will always overtake you. Amen. In Jesus' name, 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you praise concerning someone's document. You are a student, you just finished, now you're about getting a job, and everything is looking hard in the country where you are. I believe I'm speaking to somebody in a foreign country. I just get ready to receive this wherever you are. The person that God has ordained to be your defense to help you will manifest. You are not going to be deported. You are not going to walk out of that place in shame. In the name of Jesus, the provision that God has made, we call it forth in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The last time a word came like this, about someone's document. The person had finished master's there and I think they gave them one or two years. It was just one month more to either get a job or to leave the place. But supernaturally, I've seen about three or four cases like that. Because it's never too late with God. It's never late. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I just perceive that many of you will have visitations this week. Your expectation will not be cut short. In the name of Jesus Christ, we also decree peace over our nation. Light will continue to shine. The gospel will continue to spread. In the name of Jesus, as a nation, there will be peace. There will be unity. There will be love. In the name of Jesus Christ, whatever the devil is trying to make out of everything going on, we shut down his operation. In the precious name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you praise. In Jesus' name. Is someone blessed today? Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ. Just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again. And that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And from today I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late. You are born again. You are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Thank you.